Welcome back to the latest edition of the Army Talk Spotlight Series, where we highlight the companies, the people, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail. Today, we've got a return engagement, one of our favorite guests ever on OmniTalk, and that is Eddie Garcia, the Chief Product Officer at Sam's Club. Eddie, how you doing? It's great to have you back on the show. Really excited to be back. Good to see you, Chris. Yeah, man. I mean, that I, I got to tell you, probably the first interview we did with you when, geez, I, I think it was back in April, and we were talking about uh, concierge shopping for seniors and how quickly you guys did that. I think it was what, six days. Do I have that number right? Six days. Right. That was probably one of the most well-regarded podcasts we've ever done and videos. And it, it's, and it's great to be back here with you now because you guys have been busy. You, I cannot believe the amount of innovation you guys have pushed through the funnel. I mean, you guys were already a standard bearer for innovation, you know, over the past few years. And then just since the pandemic hit, it's been pretty impressive what you guys have done. And specifically today, the big announcement, Scan and Go at the Pump, which we are excited to talk about. But before we get to that, I want to talk about everything that's been going on. So for the audience, let's just start there. Like, how the hell are you? You've been doing a lot in the last four <laughs> or five, six months. What, how, how are you keeping up? How are you holding up? We're holding up. You know, uh, it's been a time of so much challenge for everyone around the country and in particular in in California, where I'm based, uh, with on top of everything else, the, the fires recently. But if, if we've learned one thing this year, it's how resilient uh, and how dedicated to the work our teams are. Uh, and, and so I'm really inspired and humbled by working with these people every day. They keep showing up. They keep wanting to innovate. They keep wanting to advocate for our members. Uh, it, it, it's truly awe-inspiring uh, to work with this group. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I said, actually, my partner and I said in a podcast interview that we did this morning, actually, someone was interviewing us. We said, we just have so much empathy, uh, both having worked in stores and just seeing the effort everyone's putting uh, towards everything right now. It's like Black Friday every day is how we talk about it for these store employees. And they're figuring it out and working hard and, and putting a lot of new processes into place. So so like I said, last time we talked, you know, one of the cool things was you, you talked a lot about cloud point of sale and how that was really the foundational underpinnings of so much that you do. So I'd love to hit on that as much as we can. But let's start first. So after we talked, the next thing you guys launched, you launched curbside pickup at all your stores. That was not a capability you had before and you launched that. So talk to us a little bit about that. How, what happened there? How'd you bring that about so fast? What's, what's cool when we look back on this journey it's this evolution that we continue living through day in and day out. You know, we talked last time about concierge and how we brought the ability to order from the curbside quite literally with this app that we built very quickly. And, and the team saw the opportunity to bring together the existing pickup experience that we had in that and to just better serve members. You know, the, the pandemic continues to, to, uh, to be there for the rest of the whole country. And we saw the ability to combine what we learned in concierge from our existing pickup business and bring it into the curbside. So we've been dabbling in it. We had some experiments running in a handful of clubs in the country, but we said, you know what? Concierge tells us that there's a product market fit here and that we should invest and go faster. And so, you know, within seven weeks, we took it from the pilots we had been running to the full chain. Uh, 
and and we had the confidence to do that because of what we had learned in concierge really yeah what were some i'm curious like what were some of the things you had to figure out to make that happen because again seven weeks we're talking like you know blitzkrieg pace here like was this and i the way you're talking i think it sounds like a lot of the core functionality was just available through what you do, were doing with concierge but i'm guessing you had to there were some new elements or new rubs that you had to figure out what were some of those yeah, there were actually quite a few things to figure out. Um, everything from the beginning of the experience, um, how do you make sure that our inventory is represented correctly and that we're showing on hands accurately? Mm. We had to implement a number of changes to improve that for our members, especially given the volatility that we were seeing with inventory levels at that time. We had to figure out how to improve the check-in experience. Um, mm. We didn't have any notion of letting that member tell the associate where they were in a parking lot. So we had to very quickly uh, roll that in and have a parking slot structure. We had to make physical improvements in our clubs around signage and spacing. Um, and we needed to give our associates the tools to be successful. And so earlier this year, we launched a, a completely new picking solution that we call Quick Pick. Right. And uh, so we had that foundation, but we need to do some enhancements to that to take it all the way to the curbside. Uh, and we think of the whole experience holistically. So it's got to go from, from the beginning to the end. And, and our teams responded uh, quickly uh, to, make it all, to make it all work. Yeah, you said something really interesting there too. And that's why I love doing this show. I think I want to key in up for the listeners and the watchers too. You, you talked about the inventory accuracy. And I think, yeah, what's, what I hadn't thought about that you just described is you pull up to concierge, you're, you're talking to a Sam's Club team member and, you, and you're relaying the order to them. And then they're going in and doing that shopping immediately. So that gives you a little more leeway on the inventory side in terms of finding what's there. Whereas to your point about curbside, it's starting online. And so that's a, a completely different process that retailers have to think through. I've never asked this question before, but thinking about it now, for people embarking on this investigation, would you recommend they go through kind of a concierge type process first to understand the ins and outs of that? Is there one you put before the other? How do you think about that having gone through it? I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of lean development and an iterative approach. So mm -hmm. that's my bias. Inherently, I would say, sure. figure out what the, the true minimum viable product is, whether that is a, um, a traditional order online and pick up in your physical store, um, or it could be a concierge. It, it almost doesn't matter which path you go, mm -hmm. as long as as long as you start quick and start small with a mm -hmm. with a limited scope, and then just learn as fast as you can. I mean, concierge did not have all the bells and whistles on day one. Um, no. And you know, I, I always tell teams like great products aren't built in version one. You know, they arrive at maybe version twelve. Uh, and, and so you have to have that, that persistence of iteration to get it right. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I, th I think too, like, and also what populations you're serving too. I thought what was cool about concierge is like, you were hitting an MVP approach with like senior citizens and at-risk people in the pandemic, like they need that. Right. So that gives you again, more flexibility. And it's also really important to those people too, within that mentality. Well, what's the reception then? So like seven weeks, you know, a lot of retailers get scared. Like what's the, what's been the reception? Has it been positive? Like, are you seeing anything across the marketplace right now? I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's exceeding our expectations. Um, our net promoter score for pickup at curbside increased by 50% from our launch. 
So today we're at a 74. Okay. Um, so, and, and it's been a couple of months here. So to see that immediate reception from our membership base uh, is really exciting. Um, and, you know, we're not going to sit on our laurels. We, we know there's a lot of opportunities to keep making it better, but we're going to keep, we're going to keep pushing on that. The speed at which our associates serve members at, at curbside also dramatically has increased. We, we've seen our fast score increase by 50, uh, sorry, by 69% since we launched the service. Um, so yeah, the, the metrics and the product KPIs are, are telling us we're onto something here. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty probably again, like Samsung, you guys have what, I think it's like 583 stores, correct me if I'm wrong, something like that. Some above 500, right? Like a pretty big number. 597. 597. 597. <laughs> All right. 597. Thanks. I couldn't, I couldn't remember that off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean, impressive number of stores to, to try to make all that happen. And, and again, curbside, curbside pickup for a warehouse club experience too, not that common. So, you know, to have that type of data back, um, you know, that's pretty interesting. I think the last question on this too, are you seeing then, you know, as you talk about iterative product development, are the metrics you're using to evaluate the success of your products, are those changing as well um, during this period of time or has it been pretty consistent? No, it, it's pretty consistent. I mean, okay. NPS is the North Star. You know, would you recommend the service to somebody else? Um, now, we also have other, we have a ton of other metrics that we look at. You know, we look at conversion rates. We look at re retention rates. Um, we look at, you know, time to complete the, the transaction. We look at the wait time while you wait in your car. So, um, you know, our teams go deep into every nuance of the experience in order to get it right. But the ultimate North Star is, are you delighted and are you going to tell other people to, uh, to use the service? Right. Do people like it? Yeah. No, it's interesting. I asked a question too, because it feels like with all of this, there's a, there's definitely a shift in terms of almost like quick serve type metrics, quick serve restaurant type metrics, you know, which traditionally haven't been a part of retail and the, and the product development discussions, you know, more as a sub metric to what's happening. So yeah, that's, that's interesting and good to hear. All right. Well, let's shift gears then. question two. You guys have also done some interesting work on ship from store. I know you converted old warehouses to e-commerce fulfillment centers last year, but now you're actually taking real life functioning stores and converting them into shipment centers as well. What's been happening in that space? Yeah, so we've, uh, we're at 15% of our chain that okay. where we have clubs acting as e-commerce fulfillment centers. Okay. Uh, in October, we're going to expand to another 27 clubs uh, along oh, wow. the journey. And, you know, this is a win-win, right? Uh, it gives us more e-commerce unit capacity. It helps our members get their e-commerce orders faster. Uh, it reduces uh, time to delivery. And we can do it more economically. Uh, and so we're, we're really excited about this capability. Um, Again, I go back to the quick pick platform that we built. Mm -hmm. We built that with the, the omni-channel experience in mind. So that, that same workflow for our associates works for the, the pickup curbside channel and for the ship from club channel. And we can bring it all together. We could help prioritize the queue for that associate to pick items and to stage them or to pack them for ship from club. Uh, and it's a platform that just gives us the ability to do a lot uh, down the road. That's interesting. So are you, so then the picking at this point, the picking, is the picking all manual then through the quick pick uh, process or do you have automation running in this as well? Like how's it working today? We, we don't have automation in our, in our clubs. 
um, because we, we want our members to also shop those clubs. So, so you're, these, oh, so you're these are off the floor, dude. That was going to be my next question. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So, so this is this is where we pick within our our 597 clubs. Um, again, we're at 15 percent plus the 27 coming soon, and uh, and that's going to give us the the ability to just better leverage uh, our our geographic footprint and get members orders faster and more cheaply. Okay, so again, minimal, minimum viable approach then. So really, so not from a spatial perspective, you, ha you haven't really had to rejigger the space, create staging locations or new backroom operational processes or areas. It's, it's all really just being done through kind of manual picking and manual picking processes right now. We, we did create in these clubs a, a packing area uh, okay. in order to get the, the items ready to go out the back of the club. So there's a there's a there's a dedicated e-commerce staging and packing area in the back rooms of these clubs, uh, but does, you know does, as with everything we 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 prototyped it we iterated we're driving more efficiency and utilization, um, and we're really pleased with the results, which is why we're continuing to expand. Yeah, I would imagine there's some synergies there too with the whole curbside activity that we're talking about as well in terms of how you're making those operations work together. Very cool. Very cool. That's right. All right. Well, let's shift gears then. Third question. Let's talk the announcement today because this, I think, is what's on everybody's mind. I know it's on mine. I think this is. I think this is super cool. I've been waiting for somebody to do this. Kudos to you guys for doing it. Not surprised. I feel like I'm the biggest, becoming the biggest Sam's Club fan out there. But you introduced Scanigo at the pump. Where's that? Where did that come from? How long has this been in the works? This is one that came from the team. Uh, our, our product managers and engineers and designers that work on Scan and Go every day, they've been toying with this idea of how do we continue to build on the convenience of Scan and Go? And we know our members love it. You know, the, the satisfaction scores are out, out the roof for Scan and Go. So how do we bring that to more touch points in the member journey? And they thought about filling up for gas. Um, our members love our our fuel stations and they love the, the great prices they get at those fuel stations. But we, the team thought, okay, let's bring that convenience of the scan and go magic to that experience. And so it came up, uh, it really, the, the team started prototyping this and, and, uh, and really brought it to the leadership to say, we have this idea and we think it's interesting. And so explain how it works. I think for everyone listening, yeah. like how, how simple is this? What, what's required here? So you need the Sam's Club app, um, and when you pull up to a given fuel station and a given pump within that fuel station, we've, we've put QR codes on, on those pumps. And so with your mobile device, you scan the QR code um, and you click and you pay. <laughs> that, it's that simple, really. <laughs> you drive away. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry for the anticlimactic description of the experience, but it's that simple. Uh, <laughs> drive funny. up, scan the code, pay, and you're done. Uh, it's not so, anticlimactic for a retail dork like me. So I, no, I think it's great. Uh, and how much? How much was COVID an influence on on this too? Like, you know, it sounds like it's probably. I could see like, you know, the engineers being interested in trying this. Like, how much was COVID and and you know limiting touches and that type of thing a part of this discussion for you guys? You know, it was part of it, but we're we're kind of obsessed with trying to drive more convenience and more delight. And when you have a great, uh, a proven solution like Scan and Go, 
uh, it's just a no-brainer to try to to try to expand uh, where you could drive that that better experience for our for our members. Um, so it played a part, but it, it it really wasn't the only factor uh, in, in this journey. Yeah, totally. I think that's the funny thing that I think sometimes people don't always understand about COVID. It's like, yeah, it's 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 basically just bringing to life all the things that we're making that could have or should have made you know consumer experiences better for so long. And you guys have been doing Scan and Go since 2016, so you know I think I think that you know that 100 percent makes sense in terms of how you're talking about that. Well, and so how many stores? So are we talking? Is it in every store today? If I pull in, or like where are we at? Yeah, as of today, we're in 70 clubs across okay. the country. But by the end of the year, we hope to be in all 518 fuel stations uh, we have in the chain. So okay, we're, we're very quickly pushing it out to uh, to get it to the entire chain. To as many as many stores in the chain as possible. Well, so what's okay? So then, I think what's next? Like I'm curious. Like you know, I, I sat down and interviewed you about three months ago. We're on kind of a quarterly rotation here. It's two guys talking retail. What's what's on the horizon? What are we going to be hearing about next that you can share with us? Yeah, um, you know, we're going to continue to innovate with great mobile applications. Um, we've got even more innovation in Scan and Go coming. Uh, we we really try to empower our associates with great technology, and we've got uh, a number of applications, you know, both that are handheld and audio-based uh, that we're working on that we're really excited about. Um, and, you know, we, we talked talk about this a little bit in the context of shipping from our clubs, you know, still a, a lot of potential to make our supply chain faster and better for our members. And so we're, you know, we're not quite ready to announce anything yet, but we've got some exciting things coming down the pipeline um, that, re that really have some cutting edge technology behind it. Got it. So further refinement of, of what we've been talking about. I have to ask you one thing on just... Uh, I think scan and go and payment theory here. So you and I can get a little bit wonky on this one. You know, one of the things that, that we always talk about on our show too, is, you know, a lot of these, you know, setups, let's call them, you got to take out your phone, you got to scan a QR code or like an Amazon go store, you scan the, you know, you scan the app to get into the store, but we're starting to see instances like Grabango had a live store just a couple of weeks ago in Pittsburgh where you can enter that store. You don't have to take out your app and it knows who you are. How do you think about, or what's your prediction in terms of how contactless retail is going to sh take shape and where the kind of role of the app is within that discussion? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think this is not going to be a pandemic specific thing. I think consumers are going to like that experience and want to maintain that experience. Um, and so we're going to keep, we're going to keep innovating along those lines um, and take and take friction out of it. Um, you know, we're thinking about ways of removing that barrier to downloading the app. Um, we're thinking about just ways of making everything run faster. Um, we're innovating on the exit experience to, to get mm. our members out of the club uh, faster than they do today. So uh, you're going to see it. You're going to see a lot in in the coming years. I feel like we're really at the at the beginning of this. Yeah, just putting on you like I, one. My dream is actually to pull up to that gas station. The gas station knows who I am. I fill it up and I just drive away. App just stays in my pocket, stays in my car. It's almost passive. How far away do you think the industry is from from getting to that point in time? Well, you do have to get out and actually like 
attach the uh i still gotta attach the thing yeah exactly you gotta do that um you know and and and, you know i I won't be surprised if in the coming years you know there's there's robotics and automation to potentially help with that um but that that's a that's that's a ways off uh the full 100 percent like don't get out of your car experience um i mean just with that means too yeah you meant just for payments um i don't know i i i I'm, I'm reluctant to give you a specific time frame, but I'll tell you, uh, when, when we figure it out and when there's a way to get it done, I'm sure Sam's goal will be one of the first to do it. Nice. Very nice. Awesome. All right. Well, final question, because he's staring at me over your right shoulder, Lakers and how many? Look, a lot of respect to the Denver Nuggets. What they did was phenomenal. So I, I say this with the utmost respect. I'm going to say Lakers in six games. Lakers in six games. Okay. I'm going to say All Lakers right. in six games. I respect, hold... I respect Jovich. I respect Jovich and Murray. Lakers in six games. Yeah, they came out strong in that last series. Yeah. All right. We're going to hold you to that. We'll, we'll make sure next time we talk to you, we bring that up. First question. But uh, hey, man, thanks as always for, uh, for sitting down with us today. I learned a lot from that discussion. Always do every time we get a chance to talk. One of my favorite people to talk to in all of detail. Again, for everyone listening and watching, Eddie Garcia, Chief Product Officer at Sam's Club. As always, always, now is more important than ever to say it every week. Be careful out there.